God. So God, we look to you. We thank you, God, that you are the one who we are here to lift higher. And we pray, God, that as we look into your word, God, that you will speak in a powerful and in a specific way to every single person here. We're ready for you to move, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Let's praise God. How good is it to be here? You can grab a seat. How good. Welcome again to everyone online. It's so good to have you here. Make sure you introduce yourself in the chat. We want to be a community of people who know each other and who journey together. So if you're new, again, such an amazing welcome to you. It's so good to be here. My name's Mon. And one thing you guys need to know about me is that I love being outdoors. Anyone here love being outdoors? Like I love swimming, I love camping, I love fishing, I love all this stuff outdoors. But I had a little bit of a setback. Six weeks ago, I tore my knee in three places surfing and so there was no outdoors things to be done and we were in lockdown and there was nothing we could do except sit on the couch, walk around the shops. So I'm very happy to be up and about, praise God, knees all better, super happy about that. Um, but also, it was great news after the six weeks of not being able to do anything because I'm back at the gym. Who goes to the gym here? <laughs> Who loves the gym? Who's like, why would you love the gym? <laughs> to be honest, I don't know why I love the gym. I'm just going through like a phase, you know, we all have phases. This year, I rejoined a gym with my friend Michelle and a few other people. I love it. I don't know why I love it. I just love it. I'm clearly not in for the weight loss. I'm in for the weight gain. That is the reason I'm going to the gyms. I'm having my protein powders. I hate being sweaty, but I'm working out. Do these little half an hour pushing arounds of the weights. I don't know why. I just enjoy it. But the thing is, the best part about going to the gym is not going to the gym and getting sweaty. Who knows that the best part about going to the gym is telling everyone that you went to the gym. Do you guys know what I'm saying? So if you are over the age of 16 and I've talked to you for more than 10 minutes, chances are I've talked to you about the gym. And I love talking about the gym. I'm like, guys, look at my muscles. Like, I'm not even kidding. This is a real thing. I'm like, guys, look at my muscles. I love the gym. Oh, great workout today. I'm sore from the workout three days ago. Like, I love it. I'm talking about it. But then not only do I want people to know that I went to the gym, I also want everyone to come to the gym with me. I don't want to go to the gym by myself. So I have like a whole speech about why people should come to my gym because my gym is the best gym. I'm like, guys, the facilities are amazing. There's amazing personal trainers, great facilities, great equipment. And guess what? In the girls' bathrooms, there are hair straighteners and hair dryers. So you can literally go to the gym and straighten your hair and wash your hair. What more do you want? None of my friends have started coming, so we're still working on it. But I've been really challenged. Well, I've been six weeks, knees all good, up and about at the gym, because for the past few weeks in church, we haven't been talking about how to invite everyone to the gym. We've been talking about how to invite everyone to church. So it's been a bit of a challenge for me in my life. I don't know if you've been enjoying it or not, but basically this whole um, series we've been here is called Gospel Life. It's about how do we live our best lives as people who care so much about the gospel message that we're willing to tell it to everyone in every sphere of our lives. And we're looking um, today at the parable of the sower. Who's heard the parable of the sower before? I love this parable. It's in Matthew 13. So we're going to start off by reading it. It basically just talks um, Jesus. He's been out and about telling everyone about the good news. He's been performing miracles. And this is what we're going to pick up in Matthew 13. It says, Later that same day, Jesus, went in, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. And he told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. I want to stop there because it's pretty crazy. Jesus, 
Everyone is flocking to Jesus. There's thousands of people with him here on this beach. And so many people were there. And Jesus is so swarmed by people that he literally has to leave the shore, get on a boat, (laughs) move past all the people just so the people can hear what he's saying. Like For some of these people, this could have been the first time in their whole life that they've ever seen Jesus. It might have been the only time in their life that they've seen Jesus. They're prepared. They're there. They're all swamped in. doesn't matter how many people were there. They're like, Jesus, what do you have to say? Maybe he's going to talk about how much he loves me. Maybe he's going to talk about this. Maybe he's going to talk about that. So the people are ready, and this is what he says. He says, of all the things, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. All the seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, all the seeds, here we go, fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. To us, of all the random things that Jesus could have spoke about in this moment to these thousands of people, this can seem a little bit weird He's talking about a farmer sowing some seeds. But the reality is for these people, the majority of their day jobs was either fishing or farming. So we can guess that these people were farmers that Jesus is speaking to. So it's super relevant for them in their lives. And what I love about this parable is normally, like, Jesus does the parable of a lost sheep, parable of a lost coin, all these parables, and you just, like, mic drops and walks off, and the people have to figure it out for themselves. Because a parable is like a story, if you don't know that, has a bigger meaning in mind. But this is one of the two parables in the whole New Testament that Jesus actually explains the meaning to. So, of course, we're going to read it. It's in verse 18. So, after all the crowds have left, the disciples come up to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, like, what are you saying? What does this mean? Explain this to us. And this is what he says. He says, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, and so no fruit is produced. But the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. So what Jesus is saying to these farmers here, he's saying, I know that you do this for a job. I know this is your main thing. But what I'm trying to get to here is that your main thing is not just the job that you do in your own farm. Your main thing should be a person who is called to scatter the seeds of the gospel as someone who's a farmer of God's word. And that's what God wants to say to us here today. We've been doing this series and we've been talking about how we don't, don't want, we don't just want to live as people who have the gospel in us. We want to be able to show people what God's done in our lives and that be the reason why we're so passionate for what we're sharing. And we want to be people here with the Holy Spirit in our lives that literally compels us to get up regardless of the cost in every area of our lives to go tell people about the goodness of God. We can have these names of people in our lives who we want to go share the gospel to. We want to tell people what we did in our weekend at work. We want to invite that family member to that carols event or to that whatever event. 
but sometimes we can have something that stops us between the names of the people who we'd love to have sitting us with us in church right now. But there can be something that stops us between knowing those names and actually sharing the gospel, and that can be fear of rejection. I remember a few years ago, I used to work in childcare. Anyone work in childcare here? I actually love childcare. It was a great job. It was Mark my uni job. And basically what I would do is I would get up, I'd go to work, look after the kids. Then I would go to Bible college, do interning during the day while the kids were at school. And at the end of the day, go back and do childcare again. And um, one morning I came to work and my manager was there. And I was like, oh, my manager's never here. And she's like, oh, hi, Mon, rah, rah, rah. You've got a new boss starting this afternoon. And I was like, cool, no worries. That's great. So I get to work in the afternoon, and you know, like when your boss is new, you're like doing your work really well. So I was like doing my work, like, it's like sounds so bad. That's what I was doing. I was like, okay, wash this, look after this. And she's, she wants to talk to me. I'm like, I'm trying to do my job. She's like, Mon, talk to me. What do you do? And no one in my work knows Jesus. Maybe you work in a work like that. I was like, oh, here we go. She's like, so what do you do during the day? I'm like, oh, you know, just go like help people, I guess. She's like... Where do you help people? Oh, okay, so I help people in the community, my church, actually in my church. She's like, why do you do that? And I'm like, oh, I'm just, at the moment I'm studying, like I'm studying um, kind of like social work, helping people. I said helping people like 10 times. She's like, so you're a social worker? It's like, no, can't lie. I'm a pastor. And the minute that I tell her I'm a pastor, I kid you not, she starts laughing at me and she's like, oh, Mon, what kind of pastor do you want to be? Carbonara, ravioli, lasagna, spaghetti bowl. And in that moment, I did not feel like a confident sharer of the gospel message. I felt like an item on the menu of pasta cup. Have you guys ever been there before? Sometimes in our lives, we can have the gospel message and we can be like, okay, God, thank you, Holy Spirit. I have that person in my work. I'm going to go share the gospel. Oh, wait, I might get rejected. Sometimes we can be so afraid of getting rejected that we don't even offer the people the invite in the first place. But what I love here about this story about the sower is that the first thing that Jesus tells these people is what this guy does for a job. What this sower does for a job is goes out into his entire field and scatters the seeds of the gospel as far as it can go. It says this in verse 3 and 4. It says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds and he scattered them across his field. What is every area of our fields and where does God want us to scatter the seed? What we see here is that our fields are not things that we just choose. We don't have a few seeds and we're like, oh, someone will probably say yes there, so I'll put it there. For the farmers listening to this story... Seeds were everything that they had. They didn't have a lot of income. So when they go and they buy these seeds for their year ahead, these seeds are like the future of the food for their family. The seeds that these farmers are going out and buying are like the future of their harvest for the year. It's their main thing. It's their returns. And Jesus is telling these farmers listening to this parable to go out and just scatter these like nobody cares. This would have shocked them, but this is what God's compelling us to do. He's telling us that actually this is a risky move here. Going out into the corners of our workplace and scattering seeds, talking about what we're doing on the weekend is a risky move. We could get rejected. We could feel like a piece of pasta. (laughs) But regardless, this is what we're called to do in our lives. What I love about um, this is how the gospel is too powerful a message for us just to sit back and miss out on telling people just because we're afraid of what they'll say. The condition of the soil should not impact whether we scatter the seeds or not in this story. The the, the sower in this story is acting like he's stupid. He's like, I'll just throw it over there. I'll just throw it over there. Who knows what that ground looks like? Who knows what they'll say? But do you know what? I want them to hear. The sower is passionate about growth. 
because growth is his main thing. And are we willing to take up the calling that God has for us as people who know that goodness of the gospel? Are we willing to make it our main thing as well? Because I believe that's what God wants us to do with this. What we see here, though, is that it doesn't always work out. I want to read these verses to us. It says, get ready. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. All the seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. All the seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, all the seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. What I love about the life of the sower is that he didn't know where those seeds were going to fall. He just threw them out. Um, I was thinking about youth last year. Obviously, we have youth here on a Friday night. Youth kind of like church, but just for teenagers. And 60% of the teenagers who came through our doors last year don't have families who go to church. And they weren't just invited by leaders. They were invited by kids who had the faith to believe that there was potential in those kids' hearts for seeds to be properly sown. Those friends of these kids who came last year, they were bold enough to say, oh, I know their family doesn't come to church. I know their parents maybe aren't religious. I know that they might laugh at me or might reject me. Like, imagine how many seeds did get rejected if 60% actually made it here. But what I love about that is these kids, they chose to not give their friends no for them. They chose to give it a go, regardless of what the seed looked like it was going to fall like. And what we see here in these verses is that it's not always successful. Like, they don't have a very good success rate here. The farmers listening, they would have known what it would have felt like if these seeds didn't take root. There is disappointment and there is devastation when seeds don't take root in our friends' and family's lives because we care about them and we're taking a step out to invite them to something that is bigger than ourselves. But Jesus talks here about the three quarters of scenarios that don't work out for a reason because he's preparing us to be okay with getting a no. And a no is hard. A no sometimes feels like solid rejection. A no can leave us wondering why we did it. It can leave us feeling afraid or it can leave us feeling like we did what God called us to do. So how do we live as souls of the gospel prepared to get that no? We understand that we've done our best as souls to prepare the soil. We have an opportunity here. I love this verse. It says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Everyone can hear. Some people just can't listen and understand. And that's just because of the condition of their soil. So we need to live as Christians, as sowers who scatter the seeds, not just people as who, people who scatter that seed so they hear, but people who care about if the people in our lives listen and understand. And obviously there is work that can only be done between our friends, our family, and the Spirit of God. But I believe that also we can live as people who prepare the soil of the people around us. So here I'm going to put up a table. Who's a visual learner? It's good. I have a bit of a visual learner. Pastor Phil showed me this this week. So this is a bit of a cool table. Um, talks about where the seeds fell, what it means, and how it happens. So basically for our friends and our families whose seeds fall on the footpath, these are the people who hear the gospel message, but it doesn't take root, it doesn't sink in, not because they haven't heard it, not because the seed didn't get there, but because they didn't understand. 
These people, sometimes they're so closed off to hearing the gospel message that they're just not interested. Sometimes they hear the story of the gospel through you telling them how Jesus has changed your life, through you telling them that they could come to an amazing event where they'll feel welcome, love, maybe have fun, but it doesn't sink in for them because their hearts are just too hard. Sometimes people are too closed off to understand the words of the gospel. But what we have an opportunity to do is to show them the love of the gospel. If people are not interested or they um, decline an invite, we can still be patient and show them that we want them, that we're interested in them, because guess what? Jesus is still interested in them. If they're not interested in hearing an 18-point message, that's fine, fair enough. But what we can do is we can actually show them how God's changed our life through how we live around them. We can continue to show up for them and to just like Jesus did for us because that's actually what the message of the gospel is all about. So we don't just have to scatter these seeds to people and have a decline and that's it. We have an opportunity to continue to try and to create a space to soften our friends' hearts, soften our family members' hearts so that the Spirit of God can work. For the people with the rocky soil, these are the people who hear the gospel message. They might accept an invite. They might come to an alpha party. They might come to Carol's event. They might come to some event. But the reason why that little seed of the gospel doesn't take root in their hearts is because there's some obstacles underneath. There's some rocks in the soil. Maybe these people, these friends have had a bad experience in a church before because we're all people and people stuff up. Maybe these people have had doubts before. If God's so good, why did this happen in my life? How do I know that God is real because of this? These people, they can hear from you, oh, the, guess what, like, come, come to this event. I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. Look what Jesus has done in my life. But if it doesn't add up for them, that root's not going to go all the way down because it's obstacles underneath. And that's going to take time and that's going to take questions for our friends to remove these rocks from their lives so that the gospel message can truly come all the way for them. What these people need in their lives is they need people who are willing to sit with them consistently around the table, around positive experiences, around things they can relate to, where people can just come as they are. And they might be interested, but they might not be able to add it all up for themselves. Our job is just to create the space where we can encourage people to move those rocks out of their soil. Where as people come and as they ask questions, they express their doubts openly because you're willing to hear. When they come in community with other people who love them and care for them and they can see that, they're going to be open to being able to have those questions. And that's how we can know that we've done the best thing in our hearts for these people, not just by scattering the seed. Oh, look, it's taking root, cool. We need to be a people who have community with everyone around us who has got these seeds sown because who knows where it's landing in their heart. It's up to the Spirit of God, but the thing that we can do is we can create community and sit around the table with these people. For the people who have got the thorny soil, this is my favourite one to talk about. These people are like the beanstalk people. Have you guys heard of Jack and the Beanstalk before? <laughs> I love this because basically these people have got so many thorns in their soil that this little seed cannot grow because the soil is taken up by these other things. And we all like to feel comfortable, right? Who likes to feel comfortable? Winter, Netflix, hot chocolates, all you need, it's not. But basically for these people, they want to feel so comfortable, they don't understand the fullness of God in their lives. For us who have begun to have a taste of that, we know that our God will sustain us through any season. We know that his peace is constant and that his love for us is constant. These people over here, they don't. 
So what do they do? They take the things of this world that make them feel a little bit comfortable and they let them to grow in their lives so much so that they're holding on to these beanstalks in their lives and they're trying to have them sustain them instead of God. But because they're focused on being popular, having a great job, having the right income, being famous, having the right friend group, having the house, so much because they didn't know that they could hold on to God, these big things have become such a mountain in their lives that they've got to get over. What we need to do when we're sowing this tiny seed in the people whose hearts are full of thorns is we need to create space to show them the importance of these gospel seed getting bigger than these other things. You know, on social media, who's heard of the algorithm before? If you don't know, social media is a bit creepy, but it's also a bit clever. And basically what happens is if you look at something for three minutes, a cute cat video for three minutes, that thing is going to keep coming up on your feed. If you look at a cat video for two seconds, it's not going to come back. Are we spending time with these people, allowing them to belong and understand the love of God before they believe it to see something that's worth following in their lives? Are we showing them what to follow and what to unfollow? Are we creating that example in our lives of look what you could have because of the goodness of God so that they have something else to focus on? Or are we just leaving them to a moment when they're just going to feel uncomfortable and they're not going to trust this little seed, but they're going to go back to the other things. That's all they know. We have an opportunity to show these people in an environment where they just belong as they are what it looks like to really live for Jesus. And that's what I love about our church is a place that we can let people in, we can have community with them, we can allow them to belong. And as you've probably heard this week, we have Alpha coming up. And Alpha is honestly such a great example to do these things. It only works if we choose to take up the calling in the field that God's given us because we all have different fields. We have to be willing to say, do you know what, God, we could get rejected. It may be uncomfortable. It may feel awkward in that relationship for a few days later, but it also may produce life change in my people's lives. And so we have to choose to be willing to take the goodness of God, to take the seeds of the gospel and to scatter it literally as far as we can go. The good news about Alpha is that it's not an 18-point gospel message we need to share with people in our fields. We just need to share to them about the love of God. It's an invite to a party it's an amazing party. There's free food and drink from 115, live music, great people who will just have conversations with you. It's not overly churchy. People, I've never seen anyone be put off by an alpha party, but what I have seen is the life change that happens when people belong before they believe. And at the end of the party, there's like a five-minute video. It doesn't talk too much. It just says, is there more to life than this? And it opens up people's wonder for the big questions about life. Then they can choose if they want to come back and do the course or not. And in the course, there's leaders who will be patient and sit around the table with them. There's a space for people to ask questions in their life as they start to kind of move those barriers to God's love out of their soil. And it's an example for people to come and sit with other people who are letting the goodness of God be their main thing in their lives. But it only starts with that invitation. So I encourage you this week, the parties are on Wednesday and they're on Sunday and we're going to watch a video just now of um, Crystal and Bailey, two people who did the last Alpha party and the last Alpha course and just to inspire us to see the life change that can happen as we start to think about who those people in our lives can be. Let's not just sow a few seeds this week. Let's be people, whatever it looks like in your life, just sow these seeds as far as they can go because these seeds, they have the potential for growth 
and not just any growth, but growth that's going to change the people around us' life. So we're going to watch this video now, and then Pastor Michelle's going to talk to us about Alpha. I'm Crystal. Um, I'm, I've just finished term three, I think it is, of Alpha. I'm a fur mum, um, but I do have my eight-year-old nephew that lives with me, Braxton. Hi, I'm Bailey and I'm 23 years old. Um, I'm from New Zealand and I've been in Australia for over 10 years now. brought to Alpha through um, a friend. I actually came to the Easter Sunday service um, with, a, with Alex from church. Um, she invited myself and another friend to come for Easter Sunday and it was like advertised and stuff there. I got on Alpha through talking to my sister Taylor. Um, I got um, thinking about all these questions I had and didn't really have any answers and I knew that Taylor went to church with her husband Riley and started talking to her and she said why don't you come to Alpha. I remember when I turned up to the Alpha launch party I literally I sat in the car and I was like what am I doing and because I wasn't going to come to the launch party. One of my friends actually said to me, are you going to the Alpha party? And I was like, no, like I've got Brax, like no, it's too hard. And she goes, drop him at my house. And then I was like, oh, I'm working. And like, I was trying to think of every excuse under the sun. And she even turned around and said, I'll go and pick Braxton up from after school care so you can go. And I was like, now I really don't have an excuse not to go. And I remember walking up to the doors at the Mirawa campus and you're like, Crystal! And I was like, oh my gosh, she remembers my name. Oh my God, like I'm thinking in my head, oh my gosh, she remembers my name. And then like you were so welcoming, you brought me in and like introduced me to people and it like instantly made me feel like I was at home. So I was like, okay, this is like, these are the kind of people I want to be around. These are fun, genuine kind of people. I've now done two alphas and it was, well, it has been the best experience ever. Especially on the alpha day when we were there, I just remember being in the space and I actually saw um, one of my friends, Susie, I saw her on stage um, and she was singing and I just saw how she was just like letting go and she just didn't care about what anyone else thought and it just, I know, it nearly made me like cry because I was like, that is just so amazing that someone, like God is doing this in her life and that's what I wanted him to do in mine. And I just remember at that point, I went up to Phil and I said, Phil, I'm ready for, like, I'm ready for this. I went into it going, right, I'm going to be that one person that's going to question everything because I'm going to put you to the test, <laughs> basically. You say that Jesus is there, but how do I know he's there? Like, how am I going to know that he's with me? Like, I will, I'm from a broken family. My dad's never been around. You know, we refer to Jesus and God as the Father, or as God as the Father. And I think that word for me is a triggering word. So I was like, well, why am I going to put my trust in someone when my own dad's not around, you know? So that was very hard for me on that particular day um, to come to terms with being able to let go 
everybody was like, you know, you just need to put your faith in God and, um, you know, just know that he has your back and he's got the path that you're going to be on. I was thinking about my life before Alpha and it wasn't bad in any ways, but it just felt like something was missing. And when I went to Alpha, it almost like that, that thing that was missing was now filled. Like I've made friendships. I've been able to explore my faith in a really comfortable place where there's no judgment and just different thoughts from people that you, you, know, you don't really know much about. But by the end of Alpha, you feel like they're the closest people to you. I feel that after doing Alpha that I now have got like a place and I know that I'm not alone knowing that God has a place for us and he has a, such a huge impact on my life. I now believe that and I live by that. Life before Alpha was I'm going to get emotional. Um, it was kind of like I was needing another family, like another group of people that I could call my own. Um, and so before that, I didn't have any of that. And then when I came to Alpha, I've met a whole new family of people that, you know, reach out to me and are kind of like my new crew. And that's what I kind of call you guys, my family, my crew. I feel happy and I've, you know, I found my faith as well um, through Alpha and I found a whole nother level of life, I guess, than what I was before. Like, I mean, I was happy before, but now I just feel like it's a whole different type of happiness. I just feel so loved and I feel like before I was like, not the person I wanted to be, I think. I felt like I was quite an angry person. I just wouldn't feel at peace or happy and now I feel that and I feel like I'm a completely different person to who I was before I started. What would I say to anyone thinking of doing Alpha? Do it. It has changed my life a lot um, and I think if I hadn't have gone to that launch party, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. So yeah, definitely invite as many people because we want to get the word out. We want to transform everybody's life and the change that I've had, um, everybody deserves to have. How powerful is that, hey? Just incredible stories from both Bailey and Crystal. Um, as a result of someone extending an invitation, someone scattering that seed onto them, that literally there was a girl that was at church, Jasmina's daughter, Alex, that um, messaged um, both Crystal and another friend, come along to Easter Sunday. They come along, they hear the Alpha. And what I love about that is that what our part is, is that we can extend the invite and God does the rest. So it's not complicated, it's not hard. It's um, just being able to as, take that message that Pastor Mon brought to us today and be able to scatter that, not where the people we think might take it, but everywhere. That no matter what the ground is and no matter what, where that person's at, it might be the first of 10 different ones that they get invited to and they're like, oh, someone's invited to me to that 
a few other times. Maybe I'll try it this one time that you do it. So um, as we, we think about that and as we think about the many stories, there's two stories of uh, many people that have come through Alpha where they have encountered God and their journey of faith has just grown as a result of being in that space around a table and being able to ask the questions, um, put the people to the test, as Crystal said, um, but then discover for themselves a God who loves them, a God who is for them, a Father who has the best plans laid out for them, and they get to discover that along that journey. Um, for ourselves, that um, as we, each one of us, get to invite, what we have got coming up is that we have the invitation where we can extend that to people in our fields that this week is um, party week. It's coming up Wednesday night up in Yanship, next Sunday night here at Meroa, where is regardless of Alpha, that the gospel life should be something that permeates who we are. It should be something that we are excited about, where we are able to be able to share the goodness of God who we've experienced to those in our world. This week, super easy because greatest parties ever are coming our way. And so how easy is it to be able to extend that invite to somebody? And as we do that, as part of Alpha, um, you didn't get it over there, but for the many people that come through Alpha, um, Krista was sharing, didn't make it to that video, but it's the best night of their week predominantly because Chef Nick is involved. And uh, let's face it, who's done Alpha? Who's experienced Thursday night dinner, right? This week, this year, this term is going to be Wednesday night. The best meal you'll get where obviously you don't have to cook it, so it's even better because you don't have to cook it. And um, just good quality food um, every week um, when you experience that. Best party ever going Wednesday, Sunday night coming up. And as a part of that, what we recognise is that for a person to come through Alpha, it costs $150. So we ask for a donation because what we're wanting to do is to be able to keep quality high, food good, have the best parties, be able to have the best quality nights. And as many people have said, that is the best meal they get. So today you might be here and you're like, I want to help someone get to Alpha, to be able to keep that, um, keep that cost low. We can do that today after the service. It costs $150 to um, get someone sponsored and, and taken through an Alpha journey that's coming up this next term. So you might be able to be a part of that, might want to do that. If so, you can go and see Tracy, um, who's going to be at, that's not Tracy, that's Quinn, but he's lovely. And um, Tracy over there at Connect Lounge after the service and be able to tap and pay $150, help someone get to Alpha. You might be online and wanting to be a part of that. Um, you can do that online, go to church, give, and then there's a drop down menu for Alpha, $150 to be able to help someone or whatever amount you might want to give there. Um, but as we, we go into this next song, can we stand and maybe hold that card that is on your chair, this fancy invite, that QR code. Why there's a QR code? Because there's many parties and many opportunities. So once you scan that, you'll get all the details. But for each one of us, what this actually is, is this invitation. Maybe you want to get some more of these scatter many seeds this week. You can grab some more of those at the Connect Lounge. But in this moment, we can take a moment to be able to pray for those that are in our field, for those that 
may need one of these invites or a few of these invites if we've got many people. But this morning we can pray that the Holy Spirit who empowers us, the Holy Spirit who is at work, that he would make a way for as these invitations go out, we pray that the breath of God would be upon it, that this won't be just a card. This is an invite to a life change. So can we hold that? Are you mindful of your friend? If you're watching online, you might be mindful of someone that you can invite. And let us pray. Holy Spirit, God, I pray, as that word was spoken today, that God, that we would be people that would risk it for your gospel. That we would risk, Lord God, if there is um, anything in us that wants to stop us, Lord God, from spreading that gospel. I ask first and foremost for us, that God, that we would have boldness, that we'll be courageous, that God, actually the love of God that we've experienced would compel us to go out and invite those around us. And Lord, for every invite that goes out, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would breathe upon it. That, Lord, that you would lead us, that you would guide us. That, Lord, that you would be preparing hearts even now. Lord God, for those that will come to an Alpha party. Lord, that it would be, as Crystal experienced, Lord God, one of those encountering moments that change their lives. So, Jesus, we surrender it all to you. Have your way in us. Lord, prepare a way for us. Prepare a way for those that will come into Alpha this term. In Jesus' name we pray. We're going to continue to sing. Let us sing.